episode 62, The Rant, Joe Cruz, PSAL basketball official, Hoops in the Sun head honcho, now in its 20th year. Every summer at Orchard Beach, you can catch Joe Cruz running around like a chicken with his head cut off. But he's more than that. He's on. As a basketball official getting his feet wet or running one of the most respected New York City summer leagues, Hoops in the Sun. All that and more, my conversation with Joe Cruz, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah. Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land, code REFEREERANT. The Rant has been brought to you by the revolutionary product for referees and all professionals alike, Neat Tucks. What the tuck? Traditional shirt stays have been tried and true, but never accounted for those professionals that have shorts as uniforms. What do you do when you officiate soccer or lacrosse or even basketball in the summer? Don't forget about baseball umpires, too. Enter Neat Tucks, which come in style and active versions. Don't get it twisted. You can even wear them at your 9 to 5, too. Listeners of The Rant can visit neattux.com and enter the coupon code REFEREERANT, one word, and receive 20% off your initial order. That's REFEREERANT, one word. Happy tucking. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a special guest, Joe Cruz. What's up, bro? What's up, brother? How you doing? Okay, so I met this man, I'd say, about a month and a half ago. Uh Uh, I was at Dalton, the Upper East Side. We were doing a charity event, and I remember uh, both of our mentors, Bernard Bowen Sr., yes. uh, told me about that you run an event called Hoops in the Sun, man. And that's where we're at. I just did a couple of games, and uh, I, you know, I, we've been trying to hook up to do this podcast for a while, and I see he's running around like a chicken yeah. with his head cut off. But uh, welcome to the show, man. Well, thank you, man. I, I, Ralph, I appreciate you having me on the rant. Um, I'm looking to have fun today and, and keep it authentic and just tell our story and uh, hopefully the, the fans can appreciate that And uh, we're at Hoops in the Sun 20 years uh, Orchard Beach has been the landmark uh, In my family, in my life for 20 years My dad founded this tournament in 1999 On a whim He was uh, traveling to Venice Beach, California He was the national sales trainer for Jennifer Convertibles And every time New hires would come in They would send him out to go train them And then 20 years ago, he's walking the beach. He see Venice Beach was doing their their world famous you know tournament every summer, and he said, "I want to, I like this. I want to do this. How can I do this?" And he came back to Orchard Beach, which is his um, favorite hangout spot. Uh, my mom, my mother Lydia Cruz and him used to come here and hang out when they were youngins, and mm. that's how their their marriage got bonded. And they kept moving that in that situation. When he came back in 1999, 2000. The courts that you see here that you reffed on earlier weren't the courts that it was 20 years ago. My dad took t- the leap of faith and said, I want to be a commissioner for a tournament. Started out with eight teams and eight girl teams. And then now we're sitting here 20 years past. Um, he's moved on in terms of you know him 
uh, passing away in 2004. And then my brother and I now are the co-owners of the tournament. And we're well, our 20th season with 50 teams that consist of all, kid, all kids and eight solid men teams that we have the best teams in New York City. Yeah, I was going to say it's a top-class organization in terms of it being run correctly, Thank score you. tables on, on on everything. We got announcers, we got yeah. DJs, we got professional scores, and we got top-notch refs, yes. which is a great thing. And, you know, I always hate that I got a ref and I got to leave the beach. <laughs> and this is this is like a it's like heaven for me that I, I get to ref at the beach. So, right. you know, I appreciate you. Uh, putting me on board, but of I want to go all the way back. What sure. was your relationship with sports growing up? Um, and, and talk about what, what you played when you grew up, and, yeah. as well as your brother. Sure. Um, I always loved basketball since the age of 13 years old. Unfortunately, I was um, vertically in, uh, inhibited to do my work in terms of being a solid point guard, but um, I think the main reason why my dad started Hoops in the Sun was to see me play. Mm. I wasn't the kind of guy to get a call up and say, hey, I got a game up in the uptown, I got a game downtown, can you come down? I wasn't getting those calls. And then when we started the league, I met a lot of you know dynamic players and team members, and my dad seen that there's a, there was a, a light for me in terms of playing on a platform that nobody could take away from me mm. uh, or, or tell me no. And then... It started that way. We started our own house team called um, Starting Five, which is five members that started the tournament. And then we became Pops Five when he popped, uh, when my father passed away. Um, my playing career, I played at, at LaSalle Academy. I was uh, a, at best a JV member. I, I watched the people. I watched Sham Gar Wells and Ron Artest, Eddie Alisma, Sharif Fajardo play in LaSalle, who were thoroughbreds. And... I knew I wasn't at that level, so I continued to stay in the game and study it, um, watch them play, learn from it. I mean, those are glory days when Felipe and Kareem mm-hmm. replayed. So, you know, I'm talking about golden era, you know, and at that time I wasn't at that level. Um, so I decided to continue this basketball journey and my, my also my education with um, going to TCI, which is Technical Career Institutes. I did two years there, played Juco, starting point guard. Did pretty well for myself. And then I decided to say, you know what, I'm getting a little better, getting a little older. I went to Lehman College, did my last two years there. So um, with that being said, I played uh, on those levels, played in the tournament. Uh, I've also played in other streetball tournaments, respectfully, uh, which were EBC, uh, Dykeman, um, and also West Forth. So um, with that being said, um, I got hurt. I, I, I tore my ACL. And then I, I realized that from that point forward, it was no longer my, my journey to play basketball. My journey was to be in basketball. However, whenever, or whatever that would have took, um, I'm learning it now. So mm-hmm. now I also referee. Uh, I'm, all, I'm a commissioner for a, a, a primetime league. So I've learned to leverage those resources and my knowledge and my relationships to get me to where I'm at now. So mm-hmm. you mentioned, like, you know, uh, Mr. Bowen uh, and all the players I play with have accepted me as a youngin to say that I've, I've given back to the league and I've given back to the sport of basketball. And for me, it's trying to find ways to stay creative and stay relevant. As you know, there's so many other leagues in, the, in New York City that's competitive and well-respected. And for me, it's just trying to find my niche. And my niche is just knowing that I have the sexiest, the beautiful venue and how I'm, how do I maximize that is my is my ongoing job. Mm. So you did touch on, and this is the rant. So 
Um, you talked about officiating. How did you even, how, what planted the seed for you to start officiating and um, ultimately how did you start getting serious about it? I'm gonna tell you the truth, uh, Ralph. I wasn't really supposed to be a referee. Um, your mentor, my mentor, Bernard Bowen, always told me, you know, you can do this. And, you know, I have, I know so many people, so many coaches, players that I kind of felt like if I was to do that, they want to call, you'd they want to favor, already, implicated, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and you'd be kind of, kind of um, jagged with your, with your decision making. But I, I, I've learned how to box that out in terms of blocking it out and just re- reffing the game. And I think refereeing allowed me to understand the game better, mm. see it from the angle, see it from, from, yo ref, that's a, that's a foul. No, it's it's really not. And back in my day, that would have been a foul because I'm talking about players and, and, and how they complain that I played. But you know, the, the the game of basketball is so intricate and it's so detailed. And referee allows you to dive into that into that platform to kind of differentiate what is a foul, what isn't. But also, you know. It allowed me to have more integrity for the game, more, more passion for the game, and it gave me a second, a second life. So um, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I see, I do, I see a lot of people. I mean, I meet new faces, new people. I met you through that, through that um, platform. So uh, it definitely opened some more doors, but also allowed me to continue impacting the sport I love so much. Do you feel like, in terms of when you're when you're doing your thing with uh, Hoops in the Sun, that you know when when you're here? And you start seeing teams have gripes with referees. Now you yeah. can kind of empathize and understand that, and have it have the ability to control it a oh, little bit better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, nowadays when they ask me a question, you know, Joe, what's up with this ref? Or that's a foul, right? I'm like, I can't get involved in that no more. Before I used to say, yeah, that might have been a foul. Mm. Or, you know what? He might have missed that. Now I'm a referee. I'm on your side. I gotta, I gotta, you know, no matter what the call was or missed or, or the call was given at that point in time, I have to support it because I'm part of a, of a fraternity mm. that is respected. And as much as New York City doesn't respect referees, as much as they should, um, it, is, it, is, it is hard to mm. ref in New York City basketball. But that also makes New York City basketball unique right. and the best place to play at right. is you, ha- you need those controversial games to get you better or get you out of your nervousness to feel like you made a good decision or good call or, or got some respect from a coach or a player that probably didn't respect you in the beginning of the game or in games, you know, on prior. Right. And there is an upper level of a crust that, you know, there's certain referees that um, no matter what, without fail, the game might be hard, it might be very difficult, but at the same time, yes. coaches and players alike, they, they will agree to disagree and be okay with that. Yeah, That's I mean, something that Bernard always talks about. Of course, and what I learned is that, you know, as much as this is not the NBA, this is their NBA. Mm. And as much as this may not be for us a level where we have to of the NBA, these guys take summer basketball as their NBA. It's their badge of honor. It's what makes them become who they are. It's how they can attract new players. How can they have more opportunities to play in different tournaments and resources. So I understand that. And and I got a, a taste of that a couple of years ago when I reached out to Ref that, you know, I'm like, this ain't the NBA. Why are you bugging out? And it's like, this is my NBA. Mm. And, you know, sometimes it's for all of us, to, whoever's hearing this, it's good for referees to know that coaches and players look for summer basketball to be their only outlet for the next step, the next opportunity, the next scholarship. And, you know, and, and they're paying for this. So mm. at the end of the day, we got to respect that. But there's a level of respect that needs to be reciprocated. And I think that's the missing piece in terms of how we can continue moving this platform on a much more positive and impactful level.
Would you ever consider refereeing another sport? Um, that's a good question. You put me in the spot. What a great face that you just made. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to dive into girl basketball this, this, this offseason. Okay. Uh, I've heard lacrosse is pretty... Uh, pretty good. It's excellent. It's very lucrative, but it also is a very intricate sport that has some similarities with basketball. Um, I'll be open to doing that if that was the opportunity, but I know it's going to take a lot of uh, work in terms of studying and knowing the game. Mm. Um, I want to stay in basketball right now only because it, I still have so much to learn. And I've, to- I've been told by certain people that I have, you know, if I did this earlier, I probably would have been somewhere. And that hurts, but you know, it's reality. I chose Hoops in the Sun to be my lifeline. I chose Orchard Beach to be my home. And I dedicated 40 years, which is my age, 40 years of my life to Hoops in the Sun. So for me, I stay in basketball to help this organization become greater by learning on the off season. Mm. So that's, that's, that's why I chose basketball and chose refereeing as a sport of mine. I want to take it back to 1999 and just the genesis of Hoops in the Sun. So. You know, Pop's your father. Yep. Uh, he started this, and you were talking about the story of how you and him and his, your mom would come up here and, and you know, basically have a have a venue to, to, for uh, kids to play, especially you. Yep. How do you think it's changed over the years, about five years down the line and ten years and, and now to the present time? How much has it changed? Oh, man, it changed so much, Ralph, man. It's um, sometimes you don't appreciate it when, you, when you're living in it every summer. You know, for me, it's like I want to get in and get out. Mm. I'm so tired of the heat and the complaints and just the, the high demand as you see me today. Um, I would say the, the last 10 years, this beach has changed. And talk about the water, the sand, it's brand new sand. Um, there's a more uh, improvements happening to, to the beach. It's more inviting now. And more inviting. Mm. Um, especially, it's still always a festive location. But... They, they could do so much more. And I think with my opportunity here, I want to kind of emulate where we should be at in terms of a beach, right? Mm-hmm. You want to bring people from different parts of the world to come see this venue, which is a hidden paradise. And if it wasn't for me or the tournament, I don't know what else is here, mm-hmm. right? So my mission is to kind of continue sharing, um, telling my Hoops in the Sun story, but also sharing OG Beach story, which is so unique. Is like, I tell people Rob, all the time, there is a beach at Orchard Beach. I mean, the Bronx. You have to get there. Is it the beach you want to go in DR and walk your feet in and PR? No, probably not. But the ambiance, the, the level of uh, diversity, mm-hmm. uh, different nationalities, and just what it stands for in the Bronx is, is a hidden hidden gem. So my, my biggest story is trying to tell that story on top of, on top of our, our own story. So it's been synonymous together in terms of Orchard Beach, Hoops in the Sun, Hits the Beach. Um, but on a larger level, on a bigger level, I think um, the city could do a better job in kind of correlating these different pieces to make Orchard Beach what it should look like or what it should be. Is the city of the Bronx as well as Orchard Beach working towards that with your goal, working with Hits um, in the, Hoops in the Sun? Slow steps. I think that um, they have their own agendas and missions they want to push forward. Um, I agree with them sometimes and I don't. But me being a Latino commissioner and being, you know, Puerto Rican and, and being one of the youngest CEOs uh, in this street industry, I'm not going to stop until they understand that you can do so much here. Mm. You can bring, have a pool. You can um, do concerts here. You can um, 
I mean, photo shoots, weddings, whatever, you can make this a, a household name and it don't take hoops and sun to kind of tell the story. I think that the story right in front of us is just all about who's the next person, a pioneer to really push that agenda. And while I'm still standing in a lab doing this tournament, I'm going to continue to be that pioneer for this beach. Obviously, we're still trying to improve Hoops in the Sun, but right. is it a situation that you're trying to expand to a different beach as well, concurrently, or you're just trying to improve upon the product that you already have? Uh, right now, just just improving on the product I have now. Um, we we we've have have tampered with doing stuff in the, in the fall and in spring, um, but I tell you, Ralph, there's nothing is nothing it's nothing compared. I can't compare anything to Orchard Beach. The, it's the venue, it's the it's the, op, the atmosphere, the ambiance. You know, it's the conditions you got to play to become a, a great player. Mm. You know, and these, these conditions are very, very trying. And um, I think so for me, it's just to kind of continue building this. I'm open to expanding. It's all about the right resources, the right sponsors, and the right opportunities that my brother Randy Cruz and I, who, run the, who runs the tournament with me, which I give a big shout-out to him. Without Randy Cruz, I, I, I wouldn't be here sitting in this position as co-CEO or being on the rant or even being in a situation where we can have 20 years being seen. Uh, Randy Cruz is the probably the visionary person for our tournament. He makes everything look pretty online. Um, it's very social pretty. Social media. Mm -hmm. It's him. Website, pictures. I mean, that's his goal. For me, it's about the business and trying to get the money, trying to stay afloat, but also um, stay true to myself. Um, so, Potentially, yes, I'm open to bringing it to different places. Um, right now, infrastructure-wise, we don't have that in place, and I'm, try I'm striving to make this an all-year-round program. Mm. Now, I, w I do want to go back to 2004 when your when your father did yeah. pass away. Was that a, a tough transition when you started, ultimately took over, and then had to move forward without him? It was the most difficult decision I had to make. Um, I was 25 at the time, and I'm still playing ball. Mm. And actually, my dad was in the hospital um, August 16th when we had the championship game. We, we, our team was in the championship game, and we lost in overtime to TMP. And all he wanted to do was see us win the championship, or me, but also have him see that and, and witness that. And it was tough because everybody played that game under, under extreme conditions. Mm. Uh, heavy hearts and all that kind of stuff. He was still he was still in ICU at the time, pushing through. But he had uh, he he gave up at that time. And by the time we got back and said we lost, you know, about a day after that, it was gone. Um, but yeah, it was it was tough for me, man, because I didn't know how to run a tournament. Um, anybody thinks that running tournaments is an easy thing, it's not. Especially at the level you wanted to be at. If you're going to be local, then you're going to have local expectations. You want to be more broadened you'll have those expectations. You want to be worldwide like I want to do? It takes commitment. It takes dedication and a lot of different, a lot of support. Um, so, yeah, that was a tough year. Um, my, and, and I mentioned, I'm glad glad we segued to Randy because Randy was the one that told me that, I, that after he passed, I said, I don't think I could do this. I don't think I could be Pops Cruz. That's a lot. Mm. That's a, Heavy you know. shoes to fill. There's a lot of shoes to fill, man. That's like a... A forefather of street basketball and um, he told me he said I don't need you to be him I need you to be you and I tell you um, I didn't know that and I didn't think that the sponsors or coaches or players would respect a young 25 year old tell you to get here on time and give me some money to play and 
this is what it is. Um, but that next year in 2005, every sponsor came back and said that we ain't going to leave you alone. Pops means too much to us, and this tournament needs to go on beyond him. And that's the legacy he left behind us. Hmm. So um, my father knew this already. He told me this on his, on his deathbed, that I'm giving you something that you'll never see, you'll never know what it's about until you get older. Mm. And, uh, and I tell you here, man, Ralph, I see it in my eyes. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. He wanted to make Orchard Beach synonymous with basketball, synonymous with our Puerto Rican culture, our Latino culture, and just trying to make sure that kids have an opportunity to play here that they can't get anywhere else. So um, I love him. I miss him. I, I, I thank for the opportunity to continue this journey, to, to continue this journey with, um, with my brother and my staff. And my staff has been champions, man. My staff, does, my staff has been so supportive. It, I wouldn't be able to do two courts at one time if I didn't have the right support. And the stuff you said earlier about being professional and on time and mm -hmm. clean cut, that's, that's them. Mm. And I embedded that in them because that's what my dad embedded in me. Mm. You gotta be on time, you gotta look clean, and you gotta provide something different that these kids will wanna come back to see you for. Mm. And for me, it's about creating, creating that, that storyline with them and let them know that you're gonna be highlighted and you're gonna be, you're gonna be recognized and appreciated here. Mm. Um, and that's why my dad wanted me to play. Mm. So that's, that's the Hoops in the Sun story in a nutshell. Okay, so I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, your staff. Um, all of the <clears throat> intricate parts that, that get yeah. put together. I see that, you know, when you watch it firsthand, I understand how much you care because you could see that you're getting pulled in literally 15 different directions, handing out money to the referees. There might be a, a situation on court one. Mm -hmm. Somebody just didn't have a uniform. Um, so first and foremost, how do you get um, the teams that are involved, you know, both on the uh, adult side as well as the, uh, the, the school teams? Right. Um, how do you go about, you know, finding an MC? How do you go about finding a DJ and the staff that works here um, as well as what do you look for in referees um, for, well with Bernard getting the referees I, I try to get the up and coming referees that maybe the, the some of these coaches and players don't know so they won't feel so they won't feel like it's a it's a conspiracy um, for me I tell them the games that have, need to be highlighted to so have the best referees um and then in recruiting the team, some of them reach out to me. Mm. Um, I'm a loyal dude. So I try to stay with the same teams that are committed to me. Um, but I do recruit teams that I would like to play in this venue because it just adds a different, you know, expectation to play and an opportunity to um, always get the best talent. My goal is always to get the best talent, uh, whether it's the best team, best players, NBA players, college players, high school players, middle school players. However I got to do it, I, I, I have to have them play on this hollow ground. So um, that's how I get them. And sometimes they reach out to me. Sometimes I reach out to them. Sometimes I go to a game and see them play. I'm like, oh, you, you know, what, what age are you? And then they'll play. I'm a 16U team. I say, you know what, come, come. I'll give you a call and we'll, we'll hook up for the summer. And then some, some, well, for the majority, for the majority case, they definitely uh, are successful. Some of them, you know. You take a chance on, and that's the gift and the curse with outdoor tournaments. You, you try to get the best teams, but sometimes the the venues can 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 uh, dictate your play, right. right? So somebody who's successful at another tournament 
may not be successful here, or right. somebody that's really good here may not. They may be a dud somewhere else. It just depends on how you you know the, uh, the kids and the and the teams approach to the game. And for them, I know they have. I know those teams got to go hard here because you can't come less than eight players, and it's hot as hell up here. So mm-hmm. you got to you got to really manage yourself and put that in perspective. So. That's where we have with that. How about in terms of uh, finding DJs, finding MCs, and, and finding scores? So, th- like I said, I've been loyal. I've been loyal all my life. So my DJ is my college friend, and his name is DJ Unique. Been doing this for 20 years with me. He actually, he's, he's actually in the Hall of Fame um, for for that reason as well as playing too. Um, for the kids, you know, I want to get somebody that's relative to you know speaks their speaks their language, their voice. So we um, we work before we work with um, uh, Dave. Uh, to Ching, we work with Jaden now, which is uh, his nickname is Spicy Talk. So these are kind of guys uh, who revolutionized youth basketball to be now the priority in New York City basketball, not the men's. When the men's always hold that that crown, but the youth drive everything to get to that point. So um, finding the right DJ, uh, I have Mr. Uh, his nickname is Zookeeper. My man Andre holds me down for. The kids, he works well with Dave, which is Cha-Ching. He also works well with um, uh, Jaden, which is Spicy Talk. So um, it's all about the collaboration, all about the connection, all about the story that I want them to tell through us. Uh, if they're not going to put Hoops in the Sun as a priority, that won't be a situation I will be entertaining. Mm. But they definitely do that. These guys are champions. Bobby C. and G. Stacks have been with me for... 15 years um, they they host the 19U and the men's and their their nicknames is the Marv Albert of the streets which is Bobby C and Uncle G Stack which is uh, Uncle G Stack they call him the Mark Jackson of, of, of the con analyst so we try to you know do different things and we try to emulate the NBA as much as we can but in, in, in retrospect to what we to retrospect to what we're doing it's been the same story all the time, just different teams and new players. Hi, Mr. Steve. How are you? Good, how you doing? I, I think I uh, have two tickets to the game for tomorrow. Can I get two more? Or is it gone? You have to ask my brother. My brother has an orange hat. His name is Randy Cruz. Randy. Randy. I know you the Cruz. Yeah, you can ask him. Randy? He has them. Okay. All right. So that's that's hoops in the sun, like impromptu, in the middle of the rant, somebody ranting the Raven bot, something I gave off for free last week. I mean, that's as much as it becomes a little bit overbearing. You love it. Look love who it. they come to. Yeah, they you do. You know what I'm saying? Look who they come to, mm. and it's just an honor. It's overwhelming. Sometimes bad timing, like the rant. Mm. You know, us us vibing out on this podcast, but. You know, you're getting it really authentic and genuine right now. You know how how our fans connect to us and how much we mean to them. So mm. that's what we do it for. What is who are the most memorable basketball players that you've ever seen grace the uh, hoops in the sun court? It's a great question, man. Oh man, I got to go back to the golden era. I got to go Kenny Satterfield. I got to go Smush Parker. I got to go A Butter. I got to go Keedron Clark. I gotta go, Mike Glover. I gotta go, Dwight Hardy. I gotta go, Krabby, Rashawn Young, um, Larry Jones. My block is his nickname. I mean, I don't want to say names, cause I'll leave names out. But who I enjoy to watch the most? Kenny Satterfield, Smush Parker, for sure. 
who I like now, Keijan Clark, Hall of Famer, Dwight Hardy, Silent Assassin. Mike Glover got seven championships. Mm. It's the Kobe Bryant, Robert Horry of the league. Um, my, my favorite moment, uh, if, if I can segue, because I know people might kill me if I didn't mention no names. 2002, Tracy McGrady came out here. I was just, uh, at the time I was sponsored by Adidas at the time, and uh, in connection with Mountain Dew, who's our sponsor this year as well, and has been for so long, they've made the connection to bring T Mac here. And um, Ralph, I'll tell you, man, that was one of the best days of my life, man. At that time, T Mac was a He's cooking. leading scorer. Oh, too, he was cooking. Him and Kobe Bryant was like the best two guards in the game. Mm-hmm. And he, my man pulls up in a stretch limousine, right in the court, comes out 6'7 with his um, T Mac logo jersey. I remember like it's yesterday. Master, master the penny foams. And he had his T Mac on with the stripe across the, across the toes. T-Mac outfit, 6'7", bro. Unbelievable. He didn't disappoint, did he? He didn't disappoint. He he didn't play. He just, his, 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 his presence is, talking about an NBA perennial all-star. Mm-hmm. Averaged 32 a game that year. Coming to shoot around with these kids to watch a game. One of the best guys of my life. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Without doubt. Having said everything that you have said, what do you think it's going to take to get to... Um, what, well, let's go back. What do you think it took to get to where you are now as an official, as the CEO of Hoops in the Sun? <clears throat> um, perseverance, dedication and commitment. Um, just like Nipsey Hussle said, man, hustle and motivate. Only way you're going to do this job the right way, you hustle and motivate and not worry about what people say about you or think about you. Everybody going to say something about you. If they're not talking about you, then you're not relevant. Mm. And for me... I've always in, I'm always in conversations with or without me there, um, but I know I'm a trendsetter. I know I set the bar high, not only for myself and my staff, but everybody in New York City to know that I may not be in a, in a, in a neighborhood park, but I'm in, I'm just as I'm just as good doing it here at the Beachside Venue, and it's the hardest venue to get fans to, mm. the the furthest, the hottest. So for me to have perseverance and creativity would be the other word I would use. If you don't have those two things here, you're not going to survive here. Mm. Um, you have to tell a story. you got to continue to be genuine and pure to your brand. Nothing trumps hoops in the sun. Nothing trumps my family. And this is a family, family-breaded tournament. And I don't know how long I have left to do this at the high level, but I know I set the bar so high that if we're not here no more, they probably wouldn't even give a permit out to nobody else. Mm. And that's how much impact we have. We, we've we've gave over probably a hundred thousand, no, probably five hundred thousand dollars in improvements, maybe a million improvements from when I started to now. About three years ago, Ruben Diaz gave us these new courts, bleachers, uh, backboards, the, which is the Bronx Borough President Ruben Diaz Jr. He uh, gave us almost four hundred grand to do this, man. And you know, when I mentioned to you earlier in the rant. It's all about relationships, all about people you know, and how you leverage them to understand that you're not, you don't want nothing from them. You just want to be an agent of change in the Bronx. And you want to be that person they look up to. And I don't think I'm there yet. I hope I am there. But I want everybody younger than me to know that if you want to do this, you can do it. Um, it just depends on the setting and the environment you want to bring it to. But if you're not dedicated, you don't hustle, and you don't motivate, don't get in this business. Mm. You got you to gotta grind. 
and I'm talking about 12, I'm talking about all year round. Having said that, where do you think it, what do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go, and where ultimately do you want to go in officiating, as well as being the CEO of Hoops in the Sun? I think for me as an official, my highest peak is to probably do uh, any division of, of college basketball, whether it's D1, D2, D3. I'll that's what you want to do. I'll be happy with that. Okay. I think that's my my peak. I think I'm at my age right now, and with my family commitment and my own job that I do, and then doing this, it takes a lot out of me. Um, but I would like to be at least a Division three official, um, if not high as Division two or one. That's as far as I go. When and how, I'll tell you the next time I'm on the ramp. <laughs> uh, as far as the CEO, man, I think this year would probably be the best year for me. And I'll tell you that on my next time I'm on the ramp. What I want this year is to bring those players, man, like NBA players to the park to let them know that, yo, this is this is dope. Mm. This is some good shit here, man. And it's NBA game. Anybody, all oh, NBA players, anybody want to play a real game to get a workout? Like, this is the, this is the place. Um, but for me, it's to continue pushing this brand, continue to elevate our youth so they become uh, primetime. Um, elevate the men's so where they can go younger to continue the process for five, six years. Have them have access to NBA and college players to kind of bring them here. But more so is to, I, I give myself another 10 years doing this here. Um, I'd like to see my 40th anniversary. I'll be 80 at that time. <laughs> I don't think I'll be here 80 years old in the sun, but I'll give myself 10 more years. And hopefully I'll get somebody else to either run it for me or my brother at the time still has the energy to do it. Mm. And that's what I want to do. I will never leave this up unless I can't give it my all. And there's times I question it. I'm like... This shit gonna be tough, man. But um, when I get out here, it's like, come on, you love it too come much, on, man. man. Like I could the see clouds it. behind you, now, the listen, music. My two like, favorite things are the beach and refing. You know what I'm saying? So, and you can have a beer. You can bring your family. I'm here. You can bring your wife, your kids, mm-hmm. and not worrying about any trouble. Right. And that's no disrespect to anybody. I'm just saying this is just the way it is here. It's a, it's a family beach. And for me, this is my vacation, Ralph. I don't go on vacation, man. My girl will kill me if she hears that. Mm. But um, I love what I do, man. I love what I do, and, and I don't do it for the thank yous. I do it just because there's nothing much going on in the Bronx besides, you know, Hoops in the Sun, mm. Orchard Beach, Bronx Zoo, Watson Basketball Classic, and Soundview. Big shouts to Lee. So, you know, I have to. Like, what else is going to be here at Orchard Beach if it's not here? So um, we'll see. We'll see, man. It all depends on the sponsorships and the investments and the, and, uh, the support I get resource-wise, because it's not easy to run this and it's not cheap. Yeah, but it also seems like you have the tenacity and you have the perseverance for this to continue to keep going. So, Listen, man, my dad passed away of liver disease, man. Uh, cirrhosis of the liver. He still ran a tournament. So for me, with a couple of back aches, my legs hurt, I'm tired. My man had cirrhosis four years before that. Mm. And not knew, not knowing he had that, that disease, he still did it. You know what I'm saying? So for me, like, there ain't no excuses in this. Mm-hmm. Either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And the day I say I can't do it, I'll do my D-Wade tour. And then I'll just I'll go out with the wind and I'll go out, you know, sky high. 
what is the stickiest situation that you've ever been in in terms of officiating and what is the stickiest situation that you've ever been in terms of running hoops in the sun um, the stickiest the stickiest situation I had as a ref I'll tell you about it I was a year I was a rookie a year into the game and I had a game at um, what was it a house of, house of house of sports Oops. How's sports? Okay. Up, up in um, Arsley. And I remember, I remember like yesterday, it was uh, PSA Cardinals versus Gauchos. And I knew everybody on that team, both teams. And not no knock on my partner. I don't think me and my partner knew the level of intensity for the amount of pay we were getting in terms of that. So um, it was... A very very tough game to officiate as of one year, one year into into it. So I guess this is with actually live or she needs to put stuff away. We're putting chairs away um, as uh, hoops in the sun for week yeah. two is winding down. You know, so that game was so intense that. Uh oh, this is about to be intense. Uh, actually, let me help him. All right. Just stop stop that real quick. I got you, Derek. Alright, so we just had a little interlude right here real quick So whoever thinks uh, Ocho Beach is not real Like we're putting away chairs and tents right now as we speak While the game is going on <laughs> um, So the stickiest situation for me would be um, That PSA Cardinals and Gaucho game I was a year into refereeing I was super nervous, Ralph, super nervous I didn't. I, I knew the rules that it's the, I, They were so talented, man they were so talented. You couldn't believe it. And, and you know, I'll just say that, think about how many times you've seen talented teams here. Yeah. And you see that the refs, they don't crack. Yeah. They don't fold. And then when you're in it, you're like, oh, wow, this is I, I way like, harder. Oh, shit. It's because some of, the, some of the calls that my partner made and I made were either right or wrong. And the teams knew. That's a fucked up call. Mm. That's a f- and and you like, felt that way, and too. And I'm like, damn, that was a fucked up call. <laughs> And I and I struggle with the legal screens. I struggle with the three seconds. I struggle with ball watching. And that was like not the game to to fall. That was. And even though people gave me a lot of credit for it, you know, because I I wasn't aware that I was going to do a high level 16U AAU game. Um, it was it was it was it was intense, man. It was to this day. It's like one of the best games I was a part of, and I repped and learned from that and grew. Like, okay, man, you got to this serious, man. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you cool, you Joe Cruz and all that, but they don't care about that in the lines. They don't care who you are, where you with, what Tommy represents. It's just about making sure you get the calls right. So that's one sticky situation. For me here, Poops in the Sun, you know, God bless everything that I've been part of. I haven't had no major injuries and no major no major fights. Um, we did have somebody um, uh, break their arm in the All-Star game, which kind of was nasty and... Um, it was a oh man, white boy was good, man. He was a real good kid and felt sorry for him. He was first time all star, he was happy. He went to the one of the pole pads and landed awkwardly and snapped it and it was sticky and I was just like, you know, what do you do? Like you gotta run a vent still and it's like you can't be uncompassionate to somebody who's broke his arm. Right. And then um, but thank God, you know, you have to get insurance, you have to get all these things in place to be preventative measurements. Um but that was sticky for me, you know. For me, I don't want nobody to get hurt in this venue, let alone, um, 
and let alone and let alone that situation. So that's that's where I'm at right now with that. But I, I would just say those two things are the most things that stick out. What is the best moment that you've had in officiating thus far, as well as aside from T Mac situation? What was the best moment that you've had ever in Hoops in the Sun? I can't pinpoint. A, I've been so blessed to be a part of so many different elevated moments and opportunities here. Um, I would say, and I don't know the year correctly, but I remember the time we played. Um, uh, one, it was on 119th Street. Oh, it was called Together We Chill. We did a all-star game collaboration, man. It was one of the most intense, fun, double overtime back and forth game with Steve Bird and Dwight Hardy and Jesse Sapp. And, I mean, they, 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 they brought the guns out, man. And it was, it was totally, totally uh, riveting game. Some, one thing about me, I don't really watch all the games. So people think that I watch the game, I choose the all-stars. My staff does that. This is probably the first time I watched an All-Star game from, from beginning to end. I was into it. I was hyping up. I was talking shit. I was getting anybody involved and the fans involved. Cause, you know, it was, it was a home and away game. You know what I'm saying? We're home and we were, like, undefeated at the time. And um, it was good to really bring other communities here. And I think that's for me, was one of the most um, best moments for me. How about in terms of officiating? Or is it yet to come? Um, I mean, definitely yet to come. Uh, I was... I think this year was a good ride for me because the first time I was refereeing high school basketball on JV, uh, definitely in the PSEL. So way I was different, right? Way different, way different. I was, um, you know, it was about being on time and, you know, knowing your spots and knowing your situations and knowing your coverage zones and your C- CYAs and your coverage areas. And it was just, it was good for me to be in that. I, I felt validated, you know, working PSEL after so many years. I'm like, my schedule wasn't working. Um, I see other guys get opportunities. I'm like in the same class as me. I'm like, and I just felt like I had to take a leap of faith and make sure that I uh, I experienced that. And that's why I feel the best yet to come because if I can do that level, I can probably do varsity and then hopefully move into the ranks of college basketball. Mm. Okay, so Joe, this we're we're, uh, we're ending. Um, just can we? How do we find more information on Hoops in the Sun? Oh, so um, with us, got a website, with Instagram. Site, it's uh, com. Our Instagram is at hoopsinthesun. So, so Facebook is Joe Randy Cruz, and Twitter is at hoopsinthesun. Okay, cool. And um, listen, man, looking forward to being on the court with you in terms yes. of being a ref. Looking forward to uh, you know serving you for the rest of the summer. I'm also looking forward to a Hoops in the Sun hat. Where do I get one of those? Hoops in the Sun hat. Um... Well, there's some stuff in there that we can talk about off, off air. <laughs> I'll take care of you. But uh, in terms of a hat, I don't have. I have a headband. I have T-shirts and bags, so I can definitely bless you in the rant with that, too. My man. Any final words before we part ways? No, I just want to give a shout to the rant. Uh, Ralph, do a great job, man, and uh, being accessible, telling people stories, whether it's basketball referees or basketball entities. And I, was, I hope that people support this. This is a podcast that's needed. And I'm, I'm just uh, humbled that myself and the tournament Hoops in the Sun can be a part of the Rams. So I wish you best of luck on that, on your future endeavors. Yeah, man. And this is dedicated to your brother Randy as well as your yes. your pops. Pops, you. pops Cruz, man. Well, Pops knows. I hope he's happy. I know Randy is, you know, living a life right now in terms of being the most creative CEO that I've known and been a part of. And he's, my, he's the best partner to have. But in terms of my dad, I just hope he looks down and says, damn, you did it. And... Just give me an indication that you know what I'm. In, you're in good hands now, and I know he's probably said that many years, but 
you know, um, so long in between, you don't know, ever heard his voice. You want to hear it one time, and that's the wish I get. But I know he's smiling us. He protects us, keeps the rain away for the, for the most part. Um, but I ask him to, you know, I always ask him to let me know um, if I'm doing a good job. So his validation to me, whether he's not here or not, is, is most key. So um, I miss him. I love him, and I know that he's watching us. So. For Bob's Cruz, for Randy Cruz, this is Joe Cruz, this is Hoops in the Sun, and I'm Ralph the Ref. This is the Ramp. We're signing out. Peace. Yes. My man. My man.